0: Help Pires. Fantastic! What a way to claim your hatchery! Pires, we can go Hey everyone, welcome to the you Are My Arsenal podcast. My name is Jessica, and I'm your host. And you can follow me on Twitter at it's Jessica. Where to begin? Where to begin? Um, it's been really difficult trying to figure out how to start any intro for any podcast today because there's just so much to say, but I'm, I fear so little will be done. You know, so is it wasted? Just wasted breath? Um, just start. From the game, you know, it just to, to be honest, I'm not shocked. I'm really, really not shocked at what I saw. I think I was more shocked in the first leg than once they showed me that they weren't serious. then I was like, OK, well, maybe in the second leg they won't they really won't get it over the line. And we didn't. I mean, we are called the banter banter club for for many reasons. But I mean, could it be any worse? You know, we're in Europa League semifinal and we need one goal. To win at home against Unai Emery. And we had like a shot on goal, maybe one shot on goal, no big chances created. And all of our star players, from uh to Odegar to Thomas Party, all looked out of sorts, uh, disorganized, um, confused, flat, dead. And after the manager comes out and says that we should have won the game, we did enough to win it and you know, if Aubameyang's chance goes in a 9% chance, mind you, if that goes in, then we're talking about something completely different. And I just don't know where to go from here. I, I don't know what to think. I mean, obviously, a, a well-run club would have we would have a new manager this morning or this afternoon, wherever you're listening in from. And of course, we hear that Arteta's is getting more time they believe in him and they're going to give him the summer, you know, so where do we go from here? Where do we go? And I think that's a lot of the questions that have come in from Twitter have been asking, where do we go from here? What's the first step? And honestly, I don't really know what the first step is. I just feel without big changes at the top, we're going to continuously get more Artetas. You know, Arteta is, he's not the cause of the problem. He's a symptom of bad ownership. You know, he's the symptom, but KSC is the cause. So regardless to if we get rid of him or not, what do we actually think is going to change? There will be more Artetas, more Rauls, you know, in power at Arsenal making horrendous decisions and are inexperienced and inept to be at the highest level at Arsenal's executive levels. So, that's just a mishmash of of my thoughts they don't really end anywhere they don't end in a question it just is what it is and um yeah I'm, I'm interested to see what the panel has to say because i mean i feel like we all just need a chance to get our our thoughts out here you know our ideas out here and i have luke here and laura kirk who i wish we were talking under better circumstances i really really do i wish we were talking about a europa league final but Either way, I'm glad to have her here and Laura, I just want to bring you in here and just kind of get your uncensored thoughts at the moment about how Arsenal is doing, what Arsenal does in the future and just um yeah, what are your ideas? What are you how are you feeling today?
1: What are my ideas? Um I mean, firstly, I'm I feel so flat today. I feel as flat as Arsenal were last night because I actually really agree with you Jess. I when I think about it I'm just not that surprised by that performance last night because the performance last week was was awful. Um but I think what we've seen this season is that you know Arteta might have a bit of a tinker midweek. We obviously played quite well against Newcastle but there was just a certain inevitability about that performance last night and I'm I'm trying to think through all of the experiences of watching Arsenal where I've been felt, where I felt like this. And I'm trying to think, is this the worst? Is this the worst I've ever felt? And I think I'd probably say yes, because, you know, if I think back to some of the awful games that that we've seen, particularly the, um, you know, the 2015, 2016, that kind of era where we'd go to the big teams and just get torn apart, you'd you'd kind of, you'd know that you were in for a bad day. Um, but, but at least when you know, the whistle went, you might have a glimmer of hope that we might nick a goal. Yesterday, after the first 90 seconds, where I think we might have had a like, I call it a chance, it wasn't really a chance. We just, it was like a slow descent, like watching a slow car crash. You knew we weren't scoring. And that for me is the worst type of torture that Arsenal have subjected us to in the past like decade or so. It's just no creativity, knowing we're not going to score, knowing we're not going to go through. And I just, I'm struggling to forgive how Arsenal made me feel last night. Um, it was it was flat, it was rigid, and it's really, really left me, you know, you, you said at the top, what what do we do next? I, I don't know. I really, really don't know. Um, and I know loads of people had questions and you can see the energy on Twitter today. People are just grappling for answers because that was just... I'm I'm honestly out of words for for how that's made me feel today but I'm kind of where I've landed is flat lost and just you know worried I'd say I'm worried for the future of this club.
0: Hmm. Yeah worried is a really good way to put it I can't I see there's no opt like there's no optimism there's nothing to look forward to I just see more and more failure in our near and far future but um, Luke how are you feeling today? You Know just what are your raw thoughts after um, getting knocked out of the Europa League semi final by Unai Emery?
2: I just feel like uh, we've become something of almost like a punching bag in in the footballing world, really, isn't it? It's like, um, I think the saying goes, When fans are in the stadium, the fans transmit their emotions to the players. But I think last night, as Laura was saying, the, the players transmitted um, uh, how they were playing to the fans. Like, I've you know, you felt completely hopeless um no energy no bravery no desire no quality um like because there have been times this season where the back's been up against the wall and we've, we've pulled out maybe not a great performance but at least a performance with some sort of intent but it just wasn't there like yesterday like, for minute one I really thought that we'd get out the traps fast and really try and test them but like it's coming down to passes that should have taken one pass if we were been positive we we're taking like three passes we weren't getting the ball into good areas quick enough um the amount of times they just got the ball with a centre-back played one or two passes around the, the defence and just popped it over our entire midfields just uh knock it down and have a run at, at the back four completely unopposed I was just I was ripping my hair out I couldn't believe it um but I just feel like it's just a rotation of the same things happening every season, except we just get slightly, slightly lower. And um, uh, I mean, like, I, I, as a routine now, I don't really like to watch Arteta's press conferences because, like, naturally, um, he's going to defend the players. And when we're not playing well, it's not going to be what we want to hear. Because what we want to hear is he's going to say, like, they're terrible. Um, we're going to get all the terrible ones out. We're going to bring in loads of amazing footballers. But obviously, no manager's going to say that. Um, but what I did find strange, and some people might disagree with my opinion on this, was that he did another interview, like, this morning with, with Sky Sports, which I found quite strange because he's just, like, less than 12 hours ago, he's just done a like a post-match press conference. Like, what more can he say? I don't understand. It, it felt to me like the club were almost pushing him into, into, like, the lightning to say, look, you, you're taking this for us. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's not just down to Arteta, it was like you were saying like he's he's a symptom he's um someone that could potentially be a great coach um uh, but perhaps he is now it's it's hard to even tell but then they like you can have someone that could be like potentially a world-class weightlifter but if you put 200 kilograms on their back on day one they're gonna buckle and uh it just feels to me like there's no support system to back um the inexperienced edu and even more inexperienced arteta in what is got to be in my mind the biggest job in world football now to take arsenal back to the top four and i just feel like every season it's going to be the, the club are going to say oh we're not no we're not doing well but you know we, we're going to invest some money we're going to do a bit better we we like it we're just in the top four we know that's not good enough we want to go for titles and then it was oh you know we've just got out of the top four so you know we want to get back in the top four and now and now it's Oh, you know, we're not even in the Europa League. We want to get back in the Europa League. And then, like next season it will be, oh, you know, we're, we're fighting for the top 10 now. So it's something that I find hard to stomach as an Arsenal fan. Um uh, The lack of fight was probably the worst one because, like, losing is fine. Bad performances I can kind of get around. But, like, just that kind of game, especially with, when the bus was kind of welcomed in with, with like, whole crowd of people like if, if there was any time for the, those players to really play for the fans after this season it was this game and they just didn't and that to this point now i'm just completely <laughs> almost kind of perplexed by it i can't really get my head around it
0: let's talk about the players a little bit you know because i think we'll spend a lot more time on on arteta but you know as much as i think arteta was at fault for this tie going the way that it did the players have to take some responsibility as well, like you said, Luke. I mean, they needed to step up, and and they they really didn't. And, um, you know, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at that lineup of Aubameyang, Pepe, Mikhail Saka, Smith-Rowe, Odegaard, Party, Tierney. That's not necessarily scrubs it's really not, it's, it's probably one of our strongest lineups. I mean, besides the fact that Tierney was probably maybe not at hundred percent, you could have said that when you looked at that lineup, you thought we were really going for it to end the game with, with a whimper, you know, to just go out with a whimper, the way that we did is I just can't put my finger on it because, you know, in one, in one retrospect, you want to say, okay, well, you know, uh, these players are just not giving enough, But when you see that not a single player is in form, even when we get new players, they come in and they look like nothing like the players that we saw when they were playing at their other teams. Um, You have players like Bakayo Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe trying to carry the team. It just seems as though there's a disconnect between what they're being asked to do and what they can actually achieve. You know, I don't think these players are 10th place. They're definitely not 10th place, you know, um, you can't tell me that a bombing a player that's in the last five years has scored thirty plus goals all of a sudden is not good enough to play for Arsenal. You know, you can't tell me Thomas Partey is not a world class midfielder as soon as he steps on the on the field for Arsenal. You look at Odegaard; he was the third highest chance creator for Real Sociedad last season. All of a sudden, he's the worst player ever. Like it just that just is not realistic. And I look at the way that we play sometimes, and I agree with Luke that sometimes it's just we take the long way around when it's just so much more simple. You know, maybe if we didn't have to take four or five touches to get out of the back and we only had, you know, we could just do some more route one football or just be a little bit more direct. That would suit these players a little bit more and keep them from having to overthink. The players look heavy. They look like they're thinking so much. And when you have to overthink, you start to second guess yourself. And you don't have confidence and then that's when the words like flat come out that's when words like disorganized come out why do they look like they're not trying i don't think it's necessarily that they're not trying i think it's they're being asked to do things that are just so out of are just so uncomfortable for them that it's making them overthink and make mistakes you know one thing is that you have to be able to compromise arteta has to be able to compromise and because I think he's going to be here. I'm, I'm kind of thinking from the perspective of what he could do. And um, this is not, you're not Pep and this is not city. This is Arsenal and you have good players, but they're not great. So you need to compromise and play a way that they can feel comfortable because to go out in a semifinal, the way that we did, looking like we had never, they, they had never seen each other before. To me, although you can look at the players and maybe say you need to do more, but ultimately that has to be a coaching issue. And Laura, I want to get kind of your temperature on Arteta's style and how that matches up with the players that we have. And if you feel like Arteta needs to compromise a little bit more to get more out of the players that he has that he will have, because let's be real, we're not going to be able to get rid of 10, 12 players. He's going to have these players you know, next season when he's still here.
1: Yeah, I think some of the players that you've just called out there, my, I think, you know, real frustration with Arsenal under Arteta is, you know, for many years um, prior, you know, in the kind of end of the Wenger era, if we needed to win 1-0 and we need, you know, I would be quite confident that we would get a goal. Whereas the Arsenal that we see under Arteta, I, I can't, sort of match up the players on the pitch and speaking specifically about the attack here and the performances that they give out. And I suspect, I think, as you've just said, Jess, you know, Arteta is inexperienced and his only experience is with Pep, with Pep's way of play, with City's players. And he, I think is a kind of, he is stubborn in a sense that he has a vision for how he wants them to play. And he's either, ignoring the evidence that I think we all think we're seeing that they can't play like that. Or he thinks that, you know, they just need to keep practicing it and they will get better because I'm thinking of, you know, Jürgen Klopp, when he first arrived at Liverpool, their first season, you know, I, I think they finished, you know, mid table-ish, but you could kind of see that, you know, Klopp had a way of, of he wanted them to play and they were getting there. Whereas with arteta i'm 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 not entirely sure how he wants them to play because you know so, sometimes it's been in you know it's it's been if you think back to the fa cup final it was it was attacking it was counter attacking it was quick and then last night it was backwards passes it was slow so you have to kind of ask what does he say to them in training that makes them basically as you said, constantly second-guess themselves. And it feels like, the, the, particularly with the players that he's got, how has it gone so bad so quickly? And I think it was the same with Emery. You know, We started really well under Emery. People forget that the first... you know, We went on a winning streak. And then it just went downhill so very quickly. And I feel like the same has happened with Arteta. And it's because he will not compromise on whatever vision he's got for this club. And quite frankly, sitting here... I would be happy for him to actually go, do you know what? We're just going to play really dirty route one football. We are going to hoof it up the pitch. That's how we're going to score goals. Because great, I think the players could actually do that. Whereas what I just feel like he's kind of banging his head on a wall and we're not getting anywhere with what he wants them to do, but he also won't compromise. Um, and, and I feel like he is one of those managers that, you know, sits there with, you know, lots and lots of data, lots you know. L- sits and watch lots of replays um, which is why it's so baffling to me and and I'm sure all of the Arsenal fans as to why he keeps bringing on Willian and you know he took off a Aubameyang and you're just you feel like are we watching a different game I genuinely sometimes feel like this this season I'm watching a game that Arteta isn't and that's not to say that I'm right and he's wrong but I, I can't understand the decisions he's making and that's what's so frustrating and I feel like some of the some of the substitutions last night. I mean, the Aubameyang one. I I, I heard someone say I, earlier. That's
0: when I knew he was finished, Laura. That's when I yeah. It's
1: it was just like I don't care if Aubameyang is is you know exhausted. He's our best chance, and I feel like it was really unfair, given how we were playing, to bring on Martinelli and expect him to turn it around. And I feel genuinely so sorry for for Gabby because he hasn't played much this season. We've been crying out for him. And Arteta threw him on at a semi-final when we're playing dreadfully and just expected, I don't know, he just expected him to turn it around and obviously he couldn't. So I think he's stubborn and that, again, that doesn't fill me with much hope for the future.
0: Yeah, for sure. Because when I think about it, I'm like, why don't we just stick with the 3-4-3? I know that hindsight is, is obviously 20-20 and we were all screaming out for a more progressive way of playing. But surely Arteta can see that this team is more... Uh, suited to a more pragmatic system because as soon as we started to open up and decided that we wanted to play more free flowing in inverted commas, obviously, because it's not as free as maybe Arson ball is, you know, but it just seems like as soon as we opened up, we lost all of our defensive solidity, but we're also not creating enough chances. Um, I think I saw a stat that in Arson's very last season, he... Arsenal created 73 big chances. Um, Unai Emery in his season created 71 big chances. Arteta's created 39 big chances in 34 games. So the risk versus reward from going to a more pragmatic system and being virtually really hard to beat because nobody could get through our five at the back slash three in the back to, what we are now, which is we're, we're not defensively sound. We're not <laughs> really throwing anything forward. So it just kind of looks like we're in this weird in between. And I just, I look at the team and I'm like, why don't we just play more direct? Like that's what we have in abundance is players that like to run off the shoulder of the defenders. So why don't we just play on the counterattack? It just seems like the word that keeps coming to mind is like, he's bougie and he wants to play the champagne football way, you know, kind of like pep and city, but you just don't have that, you know, but, you know, looking at the players, I'm looking at Aubameyang's face and I'm like, what what could he possibly be thinking right now? What does Thomas Pardy think right now? You know, does he think that he made a mistake, you know, coming to Arsenal from Atletico? You know, what are these players thinking? And Luke, I just want to throw that to you. You know, what do you think the players could potentially be thinking? And Richard Chidwick um, asked a question about, um, do we think any of the Arsenal players are leaving the summer? Like who might force their way out? Um, what is your temperature on that? What are your thoughts on the players, you know, how they're feeling right now? And um, do you think somebody will force their way out?
2: I think that the mood in the dressing room is obviously going to be poor. Um, I'm not really sure how many leaders there are in that dressing room that can help kind of drag us out of it other than maybe like your Xhaka and your Louise and Um, Tierney. There's a good crop of young players that I think really care about the club and have a great attitude going in. Like uh, Saka wasn't great yesterday. I give him almost a pass because I just think he's been played into the ground this season. And um, I thought yesterday he just looked off the pace. Um, smith Rowe, I thought was the only player yesterday that really came away from the game with any kind of respect. Um, anyone who played with any kind of real quality or bravery. There was a point in the first half where... He picks up the ball on the halfway line, and he just kind of plays one pass through to Bumyang. They remember it on the. He's on at like the left side of the box, and he's one-on-one with, the, with a player, and he kind of cuts in, shoots straight at the keeper. But it's the first time the whole game that I'd seen someone just pick up the ball and just have a bit of quality. Like something about them to actually like find someone in an area they can actually do something in. Um, the the problem we're gonna have is is there's a real possibility now we're going to have, I mean, I'd say it's probably a likelihood that we're going to play next season of no European football at all. And if that's the case, then we haven't really got much football to offer players. So we go from what we have now, which was uh, this season, a bloated squads playing European football, to having to get rid of enough players that we can offer enough football to the players we have, whilst also trying to bring in players as well. So um, I think a lot of players are going to be seeing this as, Kind Of the end of the run of their Arsenal careers, um, some we probably won't want to leave, and and to be fair, most of them probably are. I think that in general, it's I find it really hard to connect with this Arsenal team, which is like seems really really sad to say, but I find a lot of them are almost forgettable. It's like if, if they left tomorrow, I, I just wouldn't bat an eyelid to most of these players, and um, uh, to, to me, just that uh, it was the whole identity like, of being a fan is that you want to love your team and love your players. You want to kind of support them and you want to kind of back them. And you want to like, like, you know, even, like we all kind of get into like stupid social media arguments, like saying, Oh, don't you say that about this player? But like, I, I don't care about most of these guys. So they're not, even if they're not good enough, they're just not showing it. Like they're not, they're not showing the, the fight and passion that, that, they say they have like on a weekly basis it's just bad result and then few sound bites and then bad result and a few sound bites and no doubt we'll get them throughout the next few days as well but um the problem we're gonna have now like i was saying before is we need to clear a lot of room because we need to bring in players and uh, we need to completely kind of revamp the squads um because it gets to point like where i feel like a lot of these great teams, and I've, I've said it before, are, are based on finding partnerships within the team. We found partnerships um, in some ways, like Smith-Rowe and, and Lacassette is a good partnership, Odegaard and Abomey is a good partnership. But in these big games, especially in these two legs, we've tried things that we haven't even tested before. I, I think that in the future, Smith-Rowe could be really well suited to play in, in a four three three. 3 but at the same time, he's never played there before, and you're asking him to play there in a in a European semi final. He has all the tools, but it's just it's it's such a big risk. Um, party again. We said before he was absolutely left alone in the midfield, and I, I feel sorry for him because it feels like it's a, a kind of a normal thing at Arsenal at the moment, where we bring in a player that seemingly has talent, and they start well, and we have a lot of high hopes, and then the weight of the club almost kind of crushes them. And right now, like I'm not seeing the Thomas Party that played for Fletcher. I'm not seeing the Thomas Party that played um at the first like five or six games for Arsenal. I'm not seeing the one that played against Manchester United when we beat him one nil. I'm seeing a player that really feels a burden to to, to kind of give something to the team that the, the team just doesn't have. Like last night his passing was off once again, his his touch was off. Um at, he wasn't kind of driving past players. It just he it, it just he almost kind of looked a shadow of himself. Obviously, um I don't see him leaving in the summer, but he, in his head he's gonna be thinking, What's the future of this club? Like I mean the paycheck's probably brilliant for him, but at the end of the day is he going to be part of a, an Arsenal team that moves forward? He's going to be thinking about that, and a lot, a lot of players are going to be thinking about that. And I think that contributes to the atmosphere around the club. Is there's too many question marks, and we've we've had this for years. There's too many question marks all over the show. Um, players that could stay, players that could go. Like even like, like players like I, I reckon Belou will probably leave in the summer, and he's probably one of the more seasoned pros. That even though I don't think he's good enough, um, at, at least he shows some sort of passion for the club. So. Yeah, I think we'll see a lot of movement out of necessity. Um, but that's going to be more down to the fact we can't offer a football rather than the fact that we want to get players out. And that's going to be kind of the real glaring indictment of it.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm looking at, you know, this question from Tony Rosandis. Thank you so much for your question. It's at Rosandis Tony. Um, he asked, do we need to move away from players like David Luiz and Granit Xhaka? They bring great things for sure, but they pigeonhole us to play in a certain way. And, you know, Luke, you were just saying about how Bellerin's probably gonna be out the door, but isn't he one of our supposed leaders? Lacazette, a supposed leader as well, David Luiz and Granite Jacca, I think at this point in in Luiz's um, career, you and where we're gonna be in terms of not having European football, I think you have to let him go. You know, what if Granite Jacca wants to leave? There's rumors that he does wanna go. So where do we replace this substandard, you know, leadership group? You know, how do we replace that in the summer? I don't know. You know, I I really don't know. It's the weirdest thing is feeling like we're relying on players for things that they don't even do that great because they're actually the only ones who can do it. You know, David, Louise, and Jack are not players that should be starting for Arsenal Football Club, in my opinion, but we rely on them so heavily for their leadership and the little bit of talent that they do have with, their passing ranges and things like that. And so I'm looking at the summer and I'm like, not only do we have to demolish everything and pretty much thin out the squad to a point where everybody feels like they can get some minutes, we're going to deplete the little bit of leadership that we have. And with an ownership group and Vinai, Adu, and Arteta that all lack experience and leadership, in my opinion. How do I trust that they'll be able to identify players that can bring that into this team? I don't think that necessarily means that you need to bring in older players, you know, but we do need to bring in players that will stand up to be counted. You know, I just I thought the whole point of bringing in Willian was because he was experienced and he would add some leadership. He hasn't done that. You know, so their track record and being able to identify the right players is is a myth. You know, it's a myth. I'm looking at the transfer rumors and I'm like, even if you guys I just don't even see you guys being able to identify or bring these players in, you know, because you can't even pitch a proper project to some of these players, because if you're looking at players that are in the right age ranges between 23 and maybe 25 that the world is their oyster, you know, They're the type of players that, especially if they're good, you know, they'll have a lot of suitors and people will be pitching their projects and European football is not always the end all be all, but you have to let them know that you're going in the right direction. Do you think a Max Ahrens or an Emi Buendio or a Eves Basuma is going to want to come to a directionless Arsenal team at the moment? Do you think that they would believe anything that's coming out of Arteta Vinay and Edu's mouths? No, I, I just, I don't see it, you know, so, it's just looking like the summer plans are going to be disorganized and probably not bear any fruitful results, you know, but um, Laura, for you, what do you think needs to happen in the summer to get us remotely back on track? There's a lot of questions about summer targets and, you know, how we need to restructure the club, but where do you kind of sit on the, the fence of what needs to be done this summer to get us, remotely competitive
1: I mean I would not know where to start to be honest we we are a shambles really from you know if you look at it from head to sort of toe I think something you've just said there around leadership that we haven't had a leader in this club on the pitch for 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 many years um and so I think you know, if we assume that, you know, we get rid of maybe Bellerin, Ceballos obviously going, I think we, we're going to have to identify someone within the squad to be, to be a leader. And for me, I think, you you know, you're going to have to rely on someone like Kieran Tierney. I don't think we should be, as you said, Xhaka and David Luiz are leaders by nature of the fact that they are experienced, but, you know, you want the players to rally around a leader who. Also performs consistently, um, you know, is, is that player that you look to in when we're in a situation like last night? You, you need someone who you go actually, they're going to be the difference maker, and I think they've got to start there in terms of identifying who is going to drag this team out of the mess it's in at the moment. And I think that also goes to you know who the club appoints if they're going to do any kind of reshuffling in terms of management. Um, there is so little experience with, you know, getting clubs out of the situation that we are in at the moment. You know, you think Edu came in, what, two years ago or so. We were in an okay position. We, we are now looking for people who know how to do crisis management um, because that's what this club is dealing with at the moment. And, you know, that that's my main, you know, real, real anger with KSE or m- many of my reasons why I'm angry with them is just, the appointments that have been made are not the right guardians of this football club and they're not the type of people who can make the difficult decisions that we need. And in terms of the manager, I mean, I agree, Jess, I think we are going to, we are going to be stuck with, with Arteta, whether that's right or wrong. I think we will start next season with him Um, in terms of identifying new signings. Honestly, I'm not, I've not even thought about it because as I think it was Luke who said, "What on earth can we offer players coming into Arsenal, other than the fact that we are still hanging on to we are Arsenal?" Which honestly, I'm just getting increasingly, you know, embarrassed of saying, "Well, we're, we're a big club, we're a famous club, we are a big club, and we've done well in the past." But you know, what on earth are we going to offer, as you said, some of these young players who are looking to? you know, make the the big step onto the bigger stages. We're not in Europe. We don't have a plan. We have an owner who uh, is absent, which has always been the case, but is not willing to, you know, change approach or even admit really that we are in this state. So in terms of summer, I just, I'm really struggling to think that far ahead. Um, what can we do other than bring in maybe I think what would really maybe give me a little bit of optimism is addressing the lack of creativity. So any kind of creative midfielder, I just feel that's where we should be starting because the biggest problem I see is the lack of chances. You know, I think that the 10 or so games at home that we haven't scored in that for a club like Arsenal, who have the philosophy that Arsenal have is completely unacceptable. Um, so that's where i'd address first but quite frankly i just i don't know who we're going to be able to entice to arsenal we certainly don't pay the type of wages um that that some of these players would expe- would would expect um and unless we see you know some real kind of big movement in terms of the the freedom that arteta has to you know expect i just i just don't know to be honest i'm really really at loss and i I'm trying not to kind of disengage, like Luke, Luke said. It's it's very hard to feel any kind of affinity or love for this for this side. Mm. Yeah, I'm
0: holding on by a thread. I I feel you there. It's just, um, you know, every when people ask me these questions, you know, about what do we do, what are the transfers looking like? This for me, it's just I don't, I really don't know because I just feel like with the ownership group that we have, we're never going to really reach the heights that we sh- we should be reaching. I just think. I hate to be like it's a lost cause but that's kind of what it feels like but you know Laura you kind of said that you wanted Arteta to or the club to address the creativity issue the only the only thing that I that I push back on just a little bit is that we have Odegaard and Smith Rowe in the team at the moment Pepe who was a creative player at Lille and has become uncreative all of a sudden you know <laughs> and um so I think with with this particular tea, I don't, with the way that Arteta wants to play, I think you could bring so many creative players in the team, but if he doesn't allow them to flourish and, and, and get those, whatever, if you want to call it, does that sound gross? If I say creative juices <laughs> to get those creative juices flowing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but if, if you don't allow them to kind of get that out and be creative on their own and you make, I mean, we don't create chances now and we have Odegaard and Smith-Rowe on the team. I guess that's just what I'm saying. So there's a question by Midwest Gunnar. Hold on, let me just pull it up. Mid, Midwest Gunnar um, at Cloth 31 asks, what is the one thing you'd like Mikel Arteta to learn between this season and next season in order to push the club forward up the league table next season? Because let's be honest, he's going to be here for another season, so he might as well get better. And I think that's kind of where you know, if I had to t- like if I was sitting in front of Arteta right now and he was like, what do I need to improve? I would say figure out a way to allow your creative players to be more successful. We always compare Arteta to Ole Gunnar Soskar, And I think we can all kind of, you know, maybe conclude that he's not as bad as the people that are always at the wheel. He's definitely not that bad, but he's not at the elite level of like a Klopp or a Pep or or anything like that. But what I can give him credit for is that he put that team in a system that makes them feel comfortable and allows their best features to shine. And then once they cross the the halfway line, they keep it really simple, very simple. They know that they have very fast forwards and some aggressive fullbacks that can get up and create overloads. And they basically just either play over the top or simple combinations down the wing to get crosses in for tap-ins and They play very simple. When I watch them play, I never think like, wow, that is just mind-blowing football. But what I think is it's effective. And if I had to just pick out something for Arteta to fix, it'd just be let your, your creative players be creative. If you don't allow them to kind of think on their own and you have them so stiff and make them overthink these really complicated tactical positioning and all this kind of stuff, they just you'll never get the best out of them. We have Aubameyang, one of the best strikers in the world right now. We have Odegaard, who maybe will bring in permanently or loan back out. Who is like a prodigy. You have Smith Rowe and Bako Saka, Pepe. These players are good players. You know, maybe from their their back we don't have that great of players, but from the midfield up, you know, attacking midfield to the fours, we have good players. So I would like him to just kind of let go a little bit and lean into what these players can actually do and allow them to be happy because they all look sad and out of form. Luke, what would you, if you were sitting in front of Arteta right now and he asks you, Luke, what do I need to improve? What would you tell him?
2: I think uh, one of the main things for me is, and it comes with, with like I think a maturity level of of being in that position enough times. But um, I think a really seasoned coach and really knows how to kind of mask their emotions when it comes to their team. But in the lead up to the game yesterday and in the the pre match presser and all that kind of stuff, I've I, I got the the impression that Arteta was nervous. I think, and I think that that translates itself through Arteta to the players. And I think part of the reason why the players will rock to be yesterday i think it's because i mean it potentially it's because they saw like arteta maybe it's kind of been something that has been with him for a few days because i think he's very aware of the importance of this game obviously um he knows how badly the season's gone he knows that to win yesterday gives him a one-off chance to get the club back in the champions league which would turn the season from the worst season arsenal had since the early to mid nineties to probably the best season we've had in the last five, five years. So, um, and I think you could see it on touchline as well, when he missed chances, remember when like just before Orba was taken off and he got the header, which came off the post and you saw his reaction. Like he just, he really looked like he was just willing something to happen. And, and I don't know what I really want to see from him is just a bit more kind of maturity and kind of maybe Think more about the emotions that he translates to his players because, like at the start of his reign here, um, uh, there was like such like an awesome galvanizing effect. Like, and when we win games, he'd get on the pitch and he'd do the whole Klopp thing. where he would hug all the players, and and I still feel like the players that matter back him, and I think that's the reason why he's still here. I think that's the only reason why he's still here. Uh, but I think that as the the pressures growing the job, I think it's, it's, it could be even similar to like what happens with players. Like we just said. Uh, with party where like you know he comes in great player and then uh, as the toxicity kind of grows uh, as the the Arsenal season does at the moment um it's it's a lot of pressure and he kind of shrinks and i'm afraid that that maybe arteta's feeling the burden of that now because as we've all said this is a massive job it's such a huge job especially for someone that's never been a manager before in his life and i i, I commend him for the fact that He's not the type to throw in the towel. I know that he'll give everything he can to uh, to turn these things around. But, you know, we, we've got to see now if he's going to be found wanting because at the end of the day, and, and this is the thing that really frustrates me, is that he's got no support system. And it goes back to what Laura was saying about KSE, is that we've had, like, in the lead-up and aftermath of Wenger leaving the club, They've dismantled and reassembled and dismantled and reassembled this club so many times. Like, I've never seen an, a club at our level go through so much. many backroom stuff. We've seen Sven come in with Raul who do, like, two completely polar opposite um, methods of, of transfer identification and just said, oh, we just work together. It's just, obviously, it's not going to happen like that. You can't simultaneously have the, the process of trying to buy young players under the radar cheap but also going to agents and trying to get old players in for like a decent price it just doesn't coexist and then we've had contract experts come in that barely sign anyone to contracts we've had phys- uh fitness experts come in that have purged the entire physio staff and then been let go of themselves by the club so like the, the club have to analyze who they're giving this power to and whether or not like it's actually destroying the club to to see it kind of be broken down in this way, and now we're left at a point where, as as I think I said earlier, we've got Arteta and Edu, which are almost kind of out at sea now. Because everything is on them for the, the the players they want to bring in, the what happens on the pitch, the philosophy of the team. It's all now on Arteta and Edu. There's no kind of leaning post for them to be on, and there's some like in a way that's the most unthinkable thing for Cronky to have done to this club since he came in over like 10 years ago.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I see there's so many questions about the, who could replace Arteta and things like that. And although I think that Arteta is going to be here, I mean, I think we can all agree that, I mean, they're going to back him with inverted commas this summer. And then without the distraction of European football, they will expect probably unreasonable and unachievable um, results from Arteta. And I think it's just a matter of not if he gets sacked, it's when. Because when we get to December and the the club is unhappy because they're not sitting in fourth or fifth place, they will he'll be the sacrificial lamb, even though I think we can – You're sitting in 10th right now. He hasn't really been able to string together a good enough amount of results in in the league and get enough consistency in the league to get us up the table, even though there's been many opportunities to do so. And if we look at the league and how it's kind of unfolded, this is one of the worst seasons in the Premier League that I've ever witnessed in terms of consistency from from teams it's very low scoring and man city is the only team and manchester united have only been the, the only two teams to really be super pretty much super consistent at least at the the latter ends of the season and um we haven't been able to string together any results like whatsoever we've been in 10th pretty much the entire season besides the the times that we were closer to 15th so if they think that they're going to give him two or three players over the summer. And just because we don't have Europe, all of a sudden we're going to be able to string together some sort of results when, let's be real, this entire season has been a wash. We've learned nothing. We've, we haven't we have built a foundation. Arteta has put together and ripped apart so many different systems that we don't know who our best 11 is. We don't even know how we play. We don't know what the philosophy is. So he'll essentially be starting off from scratch with no excuses about the pandemic or excuses about, um, preseason. So again, I think it's not a matter of if he gets sacked it's when, and I would anticipate it being sometime around December, which is probably one of the worst times to sack a manager, but just so that we make sure that we touch on some of the questions about the realistic manager replacements, um, hardcore football at H X C football ask for suggest um, for us to suggest realistic replacements for, for Arteta. Laura do you have any ideas on somebody that you would not be opposed to coming in if Arteta were to get sacked
1: oh I can't believe we're going through this again and it's it's the same names but I feel like at this stage and he you know he doesn't play exciting football which which would concern me but we need to go with someone who's established. And so, which, which kind of sends us on the, the kind of merry-go-round of Allegri again, um, just because he, you know, I feel like would be able to deal with the players that we have. Um, there's lots of noise I've seen on Twitter today around, you know, Brendan Rodgers um, and a number of the other sort of Premier League managers. But you just have to ask, again, why would Brendan Rodgers come to Arsenal other than the fact that it's Arsenal um, and we are eroding that reputation with every year of decline. Um, Other names that I've seen, you know, Simeone, uh, although I know he's still in, he's in talks for a contract extension, I think. So it just goes back to the the old, you know, link to Allegri, uh, maybe Eddie Howe. Again, I'm just kind of scratching my head. I'd be delighted to hear what you guys think, but, for me, it needs to be someone established because we've kind of made a gamble on Arteta here I don't think with the players that we've got we can have the combination of players who have you know who are lacking in confidence um clearly and the combination of an inexperienced manager with an inexperienced management system at Arsenal that is a recipe for disaster and we need someone within those ranks who has done it well and done it before that's what I'd be looking for but it's, it's going to be a very, very hard sell um, for me. And to be honest, again, as I've said many times already, this, this episode, I just don't know.
0: That's definitely what we're going to name this episode. I just don't know. That's <laughs> definitely it, because I think we've all kind of said it a couple of times. But Luke, any, any ideas on this? You know, for me, it's, you know, I hear the Grand Potter thing. I, I get that. I get why he would be an attractive choice. But, you know, Brighton is a different kettle of fish or a different animal then our our Arsenal. Our Arsenal is a different animal. It's just the pressure I think would crush any manager that hasn't been at a a top club before. And to my knowledge, Grand Potter really hasn't been at one of the top clubs um in his career. But um what are your what are your thoughts on it?
2: Yeah, I think the problem is ideally, you know, I, I agree we like in a perfect world, I mean say not perfect world, but like right now we ideally would need an experienced manager and if I thought someone along the lines of Allegri was feasible, then obviously I'd be completely um, uh, in agreement with Allegri. But I think if I'm being honest, he's probably turned down like multiple offers that are, are better than the offer that we'd better make him now. Cause I mean, in the day, we, we are a big club still um, and we could give him a decent pay packet, but you know, people know the situation we're in and people know the job that's on their hands and um, people like managers will be able to see the, the kind of the the carousel that is the football club right now. And I think that most managers, good managers will have much better options of uh, much better projects than Arsenal right now. And say, I completely agree with what Laura said. Like I don't see any reason why Rogers would leave Leicester, which is like a brilliantly run club that are doing great things and, um, uh, and like really kind of achieving new heights to come to Arsenal. I think that it would be something of a sideways option. I think that we would be looking at, um, types of managers like you just said Jess Graham Potter who has kind of given Brighton some amazing metrics this season or maybe um, Hassan Hütel at Southampton um, like n- ne- neither of those are risk free I think that they come with huge risks but I think that they're probably more realistic ones and I think if you're looking for an experienced manager the only one that I could see coming in would maybe be, it'd be Rafa Benitez but like again like maybe he's a safer option. But again, I I don't really see him fitting with the philosophy of the club. But I mean, at the same time, what is the philosophy of the club now? I was just
0: about to ask you, what is the philosophy
2: (laughs) of the club? Well, it used to be playing front footed, attractive football, but now it just, it's trying to survive. So, um, uh, I think like when I look at this team, I kind of see two problems. I think that on the pitch, we're not good enough technically, which is obviously the main problem. Um, uh, And you can see that last night is that, the vision wasn't there, you know. The, the touches weren't there. The quality wasn't there. I think Graham Potter has had Brighton up there with, um, like, kind of dominating the best teams in the league this season. Somehow, um, there's no guarantee. If I say for, for even like unlikely that he'd better replicate that with Arsenal, but his metrics have been very good. And then the other thing I say is it's, it's the the jewels, like, like physically, is when you're not at the races uh, in the technical side of things, you've got to be there physically because that's the main thing like, like yesterday um, uh, I admit it's, it's not just a, an effort issue I think it's a mental issue but like that the players weren't close to the game like if, if your passes aren't going to where you want them to go then at least be in a position to put the other team on some sort of duress and and try and, like force them into making mistakes so you can profit off and then build some confidence and go from there but like it feels like too many times this season we've been found wanting an area as well and I think that when you watch Hassan Huttel's uh, Southampton team that they they're kind of the perfect embodiment of that is they play a really kind of almost honest um, front fo- footed type of football and you, you can see why Hassan Huttal is kind of like compared to Klopp in ways because he kind of has something of an aura about him that I think Arsenal fans would probably enjoy and um, when his team plays um, in the big games you can see that like there's a that kind of kind of Kloppish tenacity about them but. At the end of the day, any manager that I personally think we can feasibly get Is going to be in for a massive job that I don't know if they're going to be prepared for I I really don't see it. I think that I I don't want to be like too negative I I try and be optimistic usually, but um, I feel like until we sort out the club As a base, I don't really see how any manager is really going to Kind of get us any kind of sustainable change if I'm being really, really honest
0: The only thing I, um, it's, it's not really like I, not really, I disagree with you. I agree with what you're saying, but I'm looking at it and I think that Arteta is really getting this team to perform very close to the floor of what this team can achieve. I don't think we could be any lower and that's not because Arteta is a horrible coach. It's just because he's, he's, he probably has all the at- potential in the world i think that's pretty much what we're working off of is what he's told us and what other people have said about him but at the very at this very moment he's not a good manager he's not his his the results say he's not a good manager and for me i just think you know i've pushed back on it for so long feeling like well we have to stick with arteta because of this and that and the other but i just don't think i think in a more experienced manager whether he's the perfect fit or not could do better with this team, because he would at least be able to look at it. And the the whole point of, you know, bringing in an experienced manager is to be able to make a maybe average players play better, making the sum of their parts better than what they would normally just be. And I think we're getting less than that. We're not getting a greater return from the sum of our parts. We're getting less than we've ever seen before. And that's due to the inexperience of Arteta, which is not his fault. It's just the reality of where we are. So for me, I think there is there is something there that if they wanted to sack him, I wouldn't be upset about it because I feel like whatever manager you bring in, whether it's Grand Potter or Ralph Hassenhutel, maybe they won't be able to get us to the top four, but I'm pretty sure they can get more out of the squad than what Ted is getting out of it. And that's the whole point of being a manager, right? You want to, you want this manager to be able to get something out of what you have at the moment, and he hasn't really fulfilled that. But, Laura, were you going to come in there?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to kind of get you guys' thoughts, because one thing I really kind of wrestle with in my mind is, you know, it's less than a year ago since we won the FA Cup, and there are times throughout this season where we have played really well. And, you know, that, that run to the FA Cup final, we beat City, we beat Chelsea. I just, I where, where did it go wrong? Like, I don't understand why Arteta on some days has clearly been able to get, as you said, Jess, that, that performance out of these players. Why in less than a year are we now sitting here discussing him getting sacked? I just, I don't know what you guys think, but it's crazy to me how quickly it's gone downhill. And I can't work out whether that was a fluke. Um, And we were lucky and we had a kind of stroke of, I I don't know, inspiration that these players found their potential in, but where has that gone and why have we been completely unable to access those levels for for the past, you know, it's, yeah, it's been less than a year.
0: Yeah. I mean, I have some ideas on it. Um, For me, it's, it's just about that switch from being compromising with the players that you have and trying to get the best out of what you have and going into the next season and deciding you're just going to play the way your philosophy, the way you want to play regardless if you have the players or not. For me, the players that he has that can play the style that he wants to play are probably the majority of them are under the age of 21. So when you have that, those players are naturally inconsistent because they're 19 and 20 years old. So essentially I'm talking about Saka and ESR. Then you have maybe one or two players that are older than that that can play that way as well, maybe at a consistent high level. I would say those are maybe Tierney and Thomas Party if he's fit. So then, I mean, you have Burn Leno, who's not Ederson. So why are you making him play like that? You have Granite Jaca, who on a good day looks okay, but he's not quite gun to one. You know, so, and even Bellerin, he's being asked to play like Cancelo. So when you ask players to do things that are outside of their skill set, they can perform and probably do that against lower level opposition like your Newcastle's or your West Brom's because it doesn't take much to to play against those teams. But when there's more stress involved when you're playing against a team that's just not going to let you do whatever you want to do and put pressure on you, then you're being forced to do something outside of your skill set that you're not comfortable doing under stress. So that's where the inconsistencies for me come in. So I think Arteta was on the right track. And again, hindsight is twenty twenty. Arteta was on the right track for me with the 3-4-3, just keeping us solidified because no matter what, if nobody can score on you, then you, you will never lose the game. And I think a lot of those games that we ended up losing, we might have ended up tying or maybe even nicking a win because we were so good defensively. It may not have been free-flowing and beautiful and fun to watch, but we were hard to beat at the beginning of the season and at the end of last season. But when he switched it up and didn't really commit to defensive or offensive football and the team got stuck, then the, the results really suffered. And he was he's never, ever really doing it in the league consistently. The, the FA Cup was two or three games strung together, but realistically, his league form has been pretty much the same. And I think we were closer to where we wanted to be last season towards the end. Um, and then when we disbanded from that, we just kind of everything just kind of tanked in conjunction with, you know, picking Williams and and picking a front line that didn't work and trusting certain players that he probably shouldn't have. Those those things stand out to me, but that's just how I think about it is he was uncompromising this season and that added to the inconsistencies. And that's why we can't string together results in the league. And that's why we're looking at him like he probably has to go. Luke, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I similar thoughts to be fair. I think uh, last season when he kind of started playing the, the 3-4-3, um, there's definitely like a, a lot more kind of organisation to us. You could see like, um, it was kind of easier it seems to the players the uh, but I think that at the start of this season, um uh, maybe some teams got, got a bit savvy to it and and uh and kind of realized that if you don't' how do I say if you don't like come and fight us and just kind of leave us to try and play, then there's just not really much about us. and uh I feel like it got to a point where, that started happening at the start of the season and we saw it in the games against like West Ham and stuff where we just kind of like, even though we kind of grinded out a, a win, we just kind of didn't really create much and, um, uh, and they kind of dominated the, the majority of the game and, and that kind of continued and the results kind of got worse. Um, and I think it got to a point where Arteta was chopping and changing a bit, but, um, he was really struggling to find something else that worked because, um, essentially, um, uh, I think the thing that he was kind of banking on, um, uh, w- like wasn't available anymore because because teams just kind of knew how to go against it, um, and then the the best I I thought I saw us play was kind of okay, obviously the spell box downwards where so we had like that kind of nice four two three one, we had kind of ESR and Lacazette and Saka, um, and I thought that there was kind of room there because I thought like it kind of, it suited the players and um, we still kind of had like an all right kind of base because we had kind of the, the two midfielders that still kind of sit and then um, uh, the young players that were in the attacking positions just kind of got a bit more license to, to go create things and make things happen. But um, it felt like as time went from that, he, he maybe tried to shoehorn Orba back in, um, uh, which hasn't really worked. And, uh, and now we're kind of again we're kind of at a point where we just we're almost just trying things and, and just hoping for the best. So, like same as um, uh, the first leg against Villarreal, we had played the false nine for the first time, and then um, uh, you know like putting Xhaka left back to so we can keep Saka at, at right wing, and and then uh, in the second leg against Villarreal, we play like a four like a proper four three three for probably the first time I ever see us play a four three three. Um, I felt like because in that Chelsea game he went for a drastic change and it worked he's almost kind of kind of saying like can I do that again and uh it, it has been like a really kind of like slow and painful decline since uh, the FA Cup final cuz in in that final we played like legitimately good like it was a good performance like we we matched chelsea head on and, and played the better football and the the weird thing was in that final I've i said bias is out of the match and like his fall from grace has probably been more than anyone else's in the team um but at the end of the day i don't know yeah you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen now is um when it comes to the style of play we're going to do, we're just we feel like I feel like we're kind of in the middle now. We're kind of in between what Arteta wants to do and maybe like what Arteta did do, like what you were saying, just with the three four three. We're just kind of like in this kind of purgatory of of footballing styles, and we're not really seeing any any consistency, any results from it. So it, it's it's almost just kind of like mind numbing how like frustrating it is. But I, I don't really know where we go from here.
0: I don't really either. If He doesn't, he needs to commit to something and well, actually I'll take that back because he has committed. He's committed to playing a way that doesn't suit the players. And I think that's going to get him. I think he'll be gone sooner rather than later. If he continues that way, there is a way to play with this group of players and get the more of them performing at a at a good level. I just I cannot believe that every single player is gonna be out of form. And that's just the players not wanting to play well. It's just not. It's it's not. It's the way that you're asking them to play. And sometimes I just watch us playing, you know, these silly triangles and dangerous positions. And I'm just thinking to myself, why not just knock it long and just tell them to win second balls? Just tell them to win second balls. Sometimes simple is better and he's Overcomplicating everything, but I do want to kind of end on a semi-positive. I know you're probably thinking, "What could potentially be positive about about Arsenal at the moment?" But I want us to really use our put our thinking caps on and and try to end with something a little bit more on the bright side and kind of talk about what potential positives there can be for being outside of Europe for the first time in 25 years. I know that there's a lot of negatives, but there are teams that you know have won titles after being out being outside of Europe. Maybe that you know should give us a little bit of um, something to look forward to. I think it'll be. I'm, I'm scared at the moment, but I think maybe there's some positive that can come from it. But um, Laura, I want to get your your thoughts on this. You know, any positives for us being
1: outside of Europe
0: besides having to watch us against Mold on Thursdays. <laughs>
1: I mean, the one positive for me is probably maybe some more Saturday kickoffs. Great. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm here for a 3pm um, kickoffs. I mean, in terms of actual positives, uh, it's, it's difficult to say. I think it, it gives them maybe a little bit more momentum in the league to just find that formation and play it each week without having to kind of break um, what they're doing by, you know, going to these far-flung European teams I think it'll also give um, you know the, the sort of the young kids some more game time um, because they're just going to have to play them it, you know if we want to keep developing these you know kids and, and that is I guess one positive from this season is that we've seen that we've got a really really bright future if we can keep hold of Saka, Emil smith you know the more they play in the Premier League you know, against the type of opposition that, that we're going to be facing, I think you have to see that as a positive because we're ju- we are going to have to play them. Um, you know, it, it'll give them, I guess, a bit of focus. I think, you know, as well, it'll just make the fans, you know, really, really take stock of where we are. And I, I know that sounds ridiculous, but I think we're still hanging on to, you know, the, the fact that we've we've been in Champions League. Okay, now we're in the Europa League. We're now. It's a bit of a shock to the system um and it, i guess it's really gonna t- gonna test um the kind of fans commitment to where we are which is really really being a mid-table club um at the moment that that's honestly my diagnosis of, of what we are and i think it really tests us in terms of patience um seeing it kind of we're not going to turn this around quickly I'm I'm trying to kind of frame this as a positive and I'm really, really struggling, but there's something (laughs) in there for me about, I don't know, Luke, I'm just going around in circles here trying to scrape the barrel barrel of positives, but this is where we are now. It's a shock and it'll be a shock seeing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday played without any Arsenal. I guess that's where I'm going with it, but I hope you guys have got some other ideas because there really are very few positives from this.
0: Luke, you want to take a a whack at it? (laughs)
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's almost kind of shameful that we're having to have this discussion, but like, I mean, Chelsea did win a title off of uh, off of this kind of situation. Not that I think that we will come anything close to that. But also, um, when Rodgers was Liverpool manager, they kind of went from like seventh or eighth place to a, a title challenge and ended up finishing second. Um, so you know, there are positives. You know, like what like Arteta point doesn't feel like this now, but it's, it gives Arteta a better chance because. Uh, one of the main things that he's kind of been bemoaning is the fact that he kind of doesn't really have any time on the training grounds because he took over when there was loads of football and then the pandemic hit. And then um, when he came back, it was kind of game after game after game. And then there was pretty much no pre-season and straight back in. And then it's kind of games, two games a week. And um, uh, one of the things I've heard him say a few times is that he just hasn't really had the time that, a normal manager would have to uh to i guess implement his ideas but i mean it's hard to know how effective that would be but he's going to have more time because he's going to have uh 7 days to prepare for most games now which is going to be good so for the players mentally and physically um what players will be left with who knows but um uh the same as as Laura I'm looking forward to not playing Sundays anymore that's going to be um uh, that's going to be really good because uh, again like i think that um, our results following the the Thursday ties have been really poor this season as well. Um, uh, so I think, like in terms of our league campaign next season, there, this is a big positive because um, uh, we're going to have a lot of time to kind of get the players fit. We we can we'll be able to play like these young players most uh, most games now because they're not going to get kind of burnt out having to play like um, Southampton on a Saturday and then uh, going over to. Um, at Czechoslovakia on a on a Thursday to play that game and then going back and all that time spent travelling instead of training, so it will help us. Um, uh, but as we've said before, you know the the first few games for Arteta are going to be important, so it will be interesting to see how he um, how he approaches those. But um, probably the good news is that it's hard to see us having as bad a league campaign as this season next season because of the extra time we're going to have. So. You know, that's a positive. I think uh, oh, that's about as that, much as I can do for you. Don't say that. <laughs> oh
0: my god. I think, um, yeah. One of the good things is I think this will eliminate the excuses for having to keep people um, in form or keep their their fitness up by giving them minutes that they don't deserve. I think we'll end up playing. Hopefully Arteta will pick a starting 11 and we'll see that 11 play. The best teams in the league this season have been, for me, the teams that have taken the biggest steps have been the ones that have been outside of Europe playing pretty much the same lineup every single game. Um, That being like West Ham and Aston Villa, just in particular, when I watch them, I'm like, that was pretty much the same. You could pretty much pick that out. You would know that those are the people that they're going to play and they get that week's rest and all that time to really, you know, get ready for the game. Um, I'm not saying that that's how it's going to go for us because, I mean, it could go any way. But I would hope that that's what Arteta uses that time for. And we won't see Willian playing because Saka can get enough rest, you know, so he could play every week, you know, because like Laura said getting some of those young players more minutes in the league is going to be is going to be good for us long term. I also think um, another positive can be that we we won't be able to cut corners and pay people under the table in brown paper bags to get certain players into our team because nobody that would want those type of assurances on their on their contracts for european football will want to come to arsenal because we don't have that. So I don't think we'll be able to or be in the market to recruit players like Willian or players that want to be on a big side that can play pay big wages and get bonuses in their contract for appearances. You know, we'll have to be honest in our recruitment. And we've never been honest in our recruitment in terms of humbling ourselves and actually looking for talent in in the right places at the right price point. We're going to have to get more Gabriels and more Tierneys. I mean, that's pretty much what our our strategy is going to need to be because I don't see us having, you know, I know that they're saying that the Cronkies are going to give us, are going to invest, but invest for them means 40 million to get one player, you know, and then the rest comes from sales that won't happen. So we'll need to be in that 25 million dollar range you know something around there to get the the quality that we deserve and we may need to look in places that we've never looked before and and really stay away from agent relationships and in particular Kia you know stay away from him and so maybe we'll do some honest recruitment and we'll see some good players they probably won't be stars or flashy or anything like that but really we just need good solid players to to get us up the table that's really all we need but let's end it there you guys I think we did a really good job of trying to work through our our thoughts and you know everything about Arsenal in such a difficult time it's really hard to talk about Arsenal after a loss let alone you know bombing out of Europe to Unai Emery so I want to thank you guys so much for for joining me on the show today and Laura can you let everybody know what you're up to and where they can find you?
1: Sure Um, my Twitter handle is laurakirk12 you'll find me after every Arsenal match, taking a picture of my reaction, which I'm not going to lie to you guys for the next four games or how long we've got left is just going to be a face of pure apathy because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you guys are going to watch. I'm going to make myself watch, but but we'll see.
0: <laughs> I get you. Luke, thank you so much for being here with me as usual. Um, can you let everybody know where they can find you?
2: Oh, uh, I'm a, uh... My uh, Twitter handle is uh, Ecclekun. Probably hard to spell that. It's literally just looped It'll be backwards in the description. K-U-N. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can um, uh, find my insane ramblings if you'd like.
0: Well... Now my dog is really trying to make me to get get off of this uh, this podcast because she started to bark. But <laughs> you guys, uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate it, and we uh, we love all of your your feedback and the great questions that you guys uh, leave us on the Twitter page for at My Arsenal. And we'll see you guys on the next one. Um, I'm sure we'll have a lot of squad building podcasts coming up, and you know more future podcasts talking about the future of Arsenal. We probably won't talk much about these next couple games because, as Laura already said. Pure apathy. So we'll see you guys in the next one, whenever it is. And yeah. Bye, guys. He struck that well.
1: Oh, he has struck that
0: very well. Arsenal have the goal in
2: Napoli. Valerie. Ramsey with the run from midfield. Aubameyang. Beautifully done. And here's a chance for Arsenal. he's it home.
0: An
1: Great start for the Gunners.
2: Good ball by Dixon, finding Smith for Thomas, charging through the midfield, Thomas, it's up for grabs now, Thomas, right at the end.